Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner, and in this podcast, we'll be continuing our summer series in which we present segments of audio from off-season interviews that Sun Devil Source publisher Chris Cartman conducted with Arizona State's football staff. We started with Herm Edwards and then profiled second-year wide receivers coach Charlie Fisher last week. If you missed either of those, you can get them on your feed however you access your podcast or on sundevilsource.com. Today we'll be sharing the interview Chris conducted with ASU cornerbacks coach and defensive passing game coordinator Tony White. Almost out of necessity, Edwards and White played a lot of true freshmen on defense, where first-year Ranger safety Ashari Crosswell was a true standout and led the team in interceptions. But the Sun Devils did have experienced cornerbacks in senior Kobe Williams and junior Chase Lucas, both of whom are returning starters in 2019. Let's jump right into this with Chris asking White about the progress of the secondary after his first season with the program. The voice you'll hear next is Chris Cartman, followed by White. And what about just the, the development of the players that you've had now for a year? What's that process been like, and how pleased have you been with it? Good. You know, the, the, the one thing, and part of the reason why I came was to learn from Coach Herm, you know. I mean, he's got so, yeah. much, so much experience being around just DBs at all levels, you know. So yeah. I, I catch myself learning and listening daily to him as well, and you watch some of those guys and like Ashari and how much better he got from the first time, first game, first practices to later on. You look at a guy like Cam Phillips who, you know, he's a true freshman and you throw him in at SC and he gives up that play at the la- in the end and then all- he comes in in Oregon and he's making some awesome open field tackles and leads the team in tackles as a true freshman. I mean, so you see the progression and you go back and, and see how these guys are doing it and it really is the emphasis and the fundamentals and techniques, you know, teaching them from the ground up, little things like a stance. You know, he always talks about, hey, just get into a good stance, you yeah. know, and start from there. And you hear it so many times and you don't think anything of it, but then you go and you see guys get consistently better and it's those little things that you're emphasizing. Yeah. So I think it was it was good, you know, again, Ashari, I think the game slowed down for him and he ended up balling out, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, got some things he can improve on. And, you, I mean, you saw in spring how you're now able to move him around and see where, where he fits, but also creates a lot more depth, you know, mm-hmm. um, in case another injury happens. Cam Phillips, he, he, he looks a lot better, a lot faster mm-hmm. out on the field in practice. T.Y. looks good for having not even been in there for a whole since he <clears throat> broke his ankle to getting a pick in the spring game, and he ain't even really practicing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and and Chase and Kobe are are as steady as they come. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, T A did well. I thought T A did did well. He showed up, showed up well in the in the spring. Gave up some stuff. You know, T A's biggest thing is he had some. You know, he, 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 with the JUCO guys, sometimes they get habits where stuff worked in JUCO, messing around wise. But the better receiver, the more fundamentally sound you got to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he. Forgot that his first year, and I think in the spring he got better. So, the overall the development, those guys learning, keeping them on their toes, learning, mm-hmm. you know, left and right versus field and boundary, mm-hmm. uh, game slowing down. I think their execution got better. So it it'll it'll be fun to see as now this next this next portion of offseason comes into play. Ashari, how good can he be? I mean, he looks bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, I'm sure he's gonna. He's going to make plays that he just maybe was a little too fast for him that he didn't make last year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. intercepting the ball or whatever it is. I mean, for him to be only be a sophomore, he's like can still be like a centerpiece. Yeah. And, and what's that like, uh, having a guy like that to anchor you? 
again, man, like it, it's the same thing kind of you kind of see with Chase. And you see the athleticism and the potential there. And now you're like, okay, it, it's all on these guys. It's all on Ashar. It's all on Chase. When those guys put it together consistently, I, those, that's what, you know, you kind of say, hey, those are what first-day draft choices look like, first, second, third-round draft choices. You yeah. know what I mean? Guys who are big, physical, can run, love ball, and actually make plays. Like, like, dude, like you, you can, you can play football as long as you want to play football. And the thing with the charge is just make sure he he knows that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think you hear a lot of the sophomore slumps and all that stuff is because a guy thinks he made it, so he didn't didn't work hard, didn't work as hard as he did when he first, when it was all new. That, you but that one, no, that one, that one, the case. You know, we put him at, like I said, we put him at Tillman just to see and. He's running around there trying to do everything he could, you know. What I mean? yeah. So and then and then making him go left and right. He had to learn now. He had to learn the other side. So yeah. it kept him on his toes. So I don't think you'll you'll have that with him. I think it's just again, you got a guy who who really can play football for as long as he wants, and yeah. it's just up to us to make sure he feels confident when he walks in on game day that he knows what he's doing and to execute. Yeah, Kobe. I feel like he's probably underappreciated in terms of just how good he actually is, he is and how steady. Yeah. Um, what what enables his consistency? If you if you're around Kobe, you see it right now. He, you you said the word. He's consistent. That's in school. He's like that. He he is he is a, an he's an overachiever. You know, he goes and you never have to worry about where he is school wise, academic meetings, appointments. Never. You go down there to the weight room, and he's. He is as quiet as a church mouse, but you, he he is always right there working. Mm-hmm. On the field, he's just smart, man. Like, he just gets it. Like, he's just a low-maintenance program guy. You know what I mean? And he is he's one of those guys, and you have him every year, that, you know, you're there and you're coaching him and, and you appreciate all the stuff. And then when he leaves, you understand now what, what, what's missing. You know what I mean? And like I said, there's only one play off the top of my head where I thought like that wasn't Kobe, you know, ah, that got away from him. What game? The 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 team in green, you oh, know, yes. that was the one. Yeah, beyond the yeah, 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 that was the one play where I was like, ah, oh, what 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 do you thinking? That's yeah. really one play, one play. You're like, oh my god, Kobe, what the, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. Other than that, like like I say, guys get beat. I we never worry about the ball beating us. You know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I you know there there's plays that he makes that I'm like holy crap like I, I don't even know how you made that and there are plays that's like hey that's a fifty fifty ball I get it you know no problem he also has a knack at, at figuring out a way to get the ball out like I said guys. man Kobe's just Kobe Kobe does what he does you know he yeah. is just that guy that that's you're again when he's gone you'll miss him ten times more than than you realize he's here mm-hmm. you know I mean but because he is so quiet do you think that he has like the leadership characteristics. I mean, obviously, it's it's very valuable to have just the guy who just grinds it out every day, and you point to him and go, "Look at Kobe." Yeah, no, it's funny because you know if you in the defensive meeting and you ask the guys like, "Hey, who's the most consistent, you know, performer there is?" But most of the guys recognize Kobe right now. Like they know, you know, they they know right now. Like, hey, he's the dude who's gonna be in the right place at the right time. You know, all that stuff right now. Mm-hmm. So it's always. The players will always judge, you know, if that's correct or not. Yeah. And they'll tell you right now, like, hey, Kobe, it, it, Kobe, Mr. Consistent, period. Mm-hmm. As a redshirt freshman in 2017, Chase Lucas earned Pac-12 second-team honors and was named a freshman first-team All-American by the Football Writers Association of America.
After the breakout year, though, Lucas struggled to show the same consistency in 2018. The former four-star prospect from Chandler, Arizona, said at ASU Spring Media Day that he's ready to step up and show how well he can perform in his junior season. Here's Chris asking White about Lucas's readiness to do just that. It seemed like Chase had a good spring. I mean, he missed the, the very beginning, mm-hmm. came back, he's making plays. But then again, it, you're playing against yourself, and it's not tackle. And so are you able to really ascertain how his trajectory is yeah, with, to with, what you want? With Chase, it's never about athleticism. Yeah. It's always about the mental side of it, you know. The, my question is, did he grow in the spring? You know, and and it, not so much if you watch him. If you watch him when he's playing, he made some really good plays where he's moving faster than everybody on the field is. You know, that part of it is just, hey, he's more experienced. My thing is when you watch him when he's on the sideline or or when he's talking to somebody else, what is he doing? And I think the younger Chase would have been messing around or not getting the calls or you know, joking around on the sideline, whereas I'm I, I'm glaring over at him, you know, from time to time, and he knows the calls. He's watching what's going on. He's talking. He's seeing us. He's running out there, jumping up and down with guys who are making plays. So I, he's more in tune to the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the step that's going to where he's going to catch it with his athleticism is the mental side of it because he's been there. He knows it. Um, and, and you know, again, I, I think I, I told you this. I I hear the word regression. You know, he regressed last year, and it. You know, you go back and watch all the film and every snap and everything, and you say he played on a better defense. He made more plays, made had more interceptions. More, he had more everything, and it's like I don't think he regressed. I think he didn't make. There's a couple plays that he didn't make that he could have. You know what I mean? So I I, I just don't think he made as big a jump as he anticipated or, or everybody thought he could. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's no way that anybody can sit here and tell me that he regressed because, again, better defense, made more plays. Uh, and the and the thing that you, you got to go back and really watch is watch him in the run game. There's a lot of times where it's one-on-one tackle and he he's making plays in the backfield. You know, yeah. He's taking guys out, you know what I mean? Not always so, great form, but yes. Yeah, not great form. <laughs> you know, you can ask G about that in the scat pack, but but uh, he's back there. He's back there, you know, trying to throw it up in there ver- yeah. versus a guy who was a DB who's getting the hell out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So The thing I hear about Chase from fans is he's, he's pretty good, but he talks too much for how good he actually is right now. Well, that's... that's I know G says that some guys are trying to talk themselves into a certain... Mindset or mentality or capability. Yeah. So what what's that like in the conversations you have with him about that? Oh, well, he 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 knows because there's a couple times where I pointed out he's played his best football when he's left all the the words. You know, he 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 didn't let any of the words define him. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just hey, just kept his mouth shut and was focused, and he balled out those games. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, and the games that I think were. He didn't have as good a game as he wanted to. I think that's that was the case where he kind of psyched himself up and was talking more than he, letting his his actions speak louder. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think that again, but that's all that's all part of the process of of learning learning about yourself and learning you know maturity in terms of you know you got this big you got a lot of weight put on your shoulders, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Coach Harm, everybody around here and 
everybody in the country were touting him as as a first or second round draft choice, which athletically he is. Yes. Without a doubt, athletically he is. Yes. Now it's the other side of it to, to catch up with him. You know what I mean? Does, and and he knows it. I mean he he yeah. knows it. So D- does him seeing Byron and Nikhil going to be probably first second round guys? Does that then click to him? Like, dude, I need to be doing that also. Do you uh, think, or does it, what? What what impact does that seeing that have on him when he's like, oh, I'm going to be in college for another year or two? Uh, yeah, I think the that reality has hit him in the sense of because I think they all were were trying to go out together. together. Yeah, and now it's it's a little different, and I think that reality has hit him. But again, you know, it's it's just a it's just a position he's in. I think it actually will get a chance to help him because he's letting them go through the process and seeing it firsthand. So the good things that they did and the bad things that those guys did, they'll be able to tell him what to what to look for. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I, and we've had those discussions already in terms of, hey, look, you can use that to your advantage again. Yes. You know what I mean? And go let them go through it and see what they should have did right or wrong. And now you got one leg up. That's true. But ultimately it always comes back to he's gotta produce at the level he can produce consistently enough, you know. Do you think with Chase and Kobe, that you can leave them, uh, or do you think that just their skill sets are a little bit different? No, they're they're now Kobe's pl- a more player wise, player wise, they're mm-hmm. different player wise. But in terms of in terms of scheme and and execution, you can leave them left and right. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are times where I think we did get caught. You know, some of those up tempo teams where you can see them running over yes. to the other side of the field and now getting ready and getting yes. set. Um, Personalities, though, wise. I mean, Kobe. You know, he'd rather play off and look inside, and Chase would rather try to press you to death. You yeah. know what I mean? But uh, um, Kobe's smart enough to to be able to walk up on a guy and and get in his grill and you know and mm-hmm. disrupt timing early. So and physical uh, th- enough to play into the boundary. I think I think he can. You know, with with who else is over there now, left and right. I mean, you're talking about having a Shari as the a Shari or Cam mm-hmm. another year. In their bigger body, six one ish, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those guys playing over the top of them, you know, you can help them out if it gets to a point where he needs to be helped out. But I mean, we've got some pretty good wide receivers, mm-hmm. and you know, I, they matched up well, and that's part of the reason why we're doing that. Just hey, let them let them see, let's see what they can do. Yeah. And he had he didn't have any issues with it. So. Yeah. The number three corner, whoever's yeah. behind that, is that? It seems like that's a very open kind of competition. Oh yeah, it, it's open. It, it, it's open, but it's important. Like I, I view three and four because as important because I want to rotate guys. Like I do not want the corners out there running eighty-five plays because again, in the pack, eighty-five plays means they threw the ball fifty times and they're they're covering fifty times. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't want that. So so even at all DB, all the all the DBs, you want got you want to be able to rotate guys because mm-hmm. it keeps them fresher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Running around. And two, it, it actually keeps the backup learning. Mm-hmm. Just think of it like when if you know you're never going to play, every, of course, there's coaches talk, but in reality, mm-hmm. you kind of stop learning. Yeah. You tune out. You check you know out. I mean, you, yeah, you check out. Well, if you know you're going into the game, your ass is going to keep, you're going to learn. You're going to listen. You're yeah. going to pay attention. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So everything matters more. So we want to rotate, guys. Yeah. So just particularly at corner, I look at it as the number three and four guy because you got Tamarcus who who is going to play a big part in what we do around here for the next couple of years. You got Dom who's sitting in the wings who 
he got hurt with the hamstring, mm-hmm. but he's he's plenty capable. And now you throw in Jordan Clark and and uh, and the and Keon, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, now now you really got an issue. You got the best problem to have, but you got a problem. <laughs> Do you know where all the freshmen will start practicing at? Uh, right now, I think barring any any other craziness, you're gonna have uh, Jordan and Keon at corner. Then you'll have Kiwan and uh, and and Willie Dubs, Hurts. yeah, Willie at uh, at the Rangers, and then you have Sole at the Tillman. After transferring from Baylor, redshirt sophomore defensive back Marcus Davis was named defensive scout team MVP while sitting out last season. This spring, he got to show he's ready to compete and fight for a spot on the field in the Sun Devil secondary. White tells Chris that Davis is talented, but is still facing a steep learning curve. It was the first you know, time that you could really actively try to work with him a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. And I know that was a pretty intensive sort of experience of oh, early yeah. in spring. What, what was that like and how, would, how did he respond to it? Uh, good. You know, again, you, it, it's almost like he's a freshman because at, at, at Baylor, he played as a true freshman, played a lot on special teams and a little bit at corner. Then last year he came and he was with the scout team the whole time, so you didn't really get a chance to work with them. Mm-hmm. So this is this is his first spring as as a playing DB here, yeah. and and I, I thought he showed out well. You know he he, he ran with the ones early on and, and did well. I think he kind of got fatigued because uh-huh. we with Dom going down and there's a lot of guys hurt and we moved some guys around a lot of damage that the twos really the twos got. A lot more reps. I mean, even even the ones I threw him in there to see, just give him as many reps as he could. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what I saw. He's aggressive. He's plenty athletic enough. He's yeah. long enough. Um, I think he's just now getting used to putting the technique together. And this is where the technique and fundamentals with Coach Herm and, and G and, and us emphasizing it is it helps a player like him. Mm-hmm. New guys that don't have a, a real base yet, a real foundation of, of how we want to do things, Spending time with those guys on fundamentals, like it, it makes a huge difference. Because that guy, if we can get him to just calm down and and kind of get in with with what we want to get done, mm-hmm. he can be really damn good. Because he's yeah. so damn aggressive. He's mm-hmm. ultra competitive, long enough, long fast long. enough. You know, twitchy as hell. Yeah. So now it's just a matter of hey, we got to let him play because it's like he's a true freshman again. So we the upside is still is really high with him. Still. Oh no, it, it's yeah. it's high, and he's he's gonna play. Like yeah. he is going to play because. You figure how many DBs we lose next year. Mm-hmm. Going into it now, you got a guy who could potentially be a starter for another couple of years after. You know, right. right? For White, the opportunity to work with Herm Edwards, who played and coached the position in the NFL, is something White says he's making sure to take advantage of. Here's Chris inquiring about what it's been like for White to work with a 65-year-old veteran coach. When you were talking earlier about like just really being a sponge with Herm. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any things that stand out in particular about how you can better communicate what you're trying to do or techniques that he's, you know, like at a higher level just because of his, like, you know, playing the NFL or whatever knowledge that have helped you? With, oh, 100%. Like, like I mean, the emphasis, first of all, the emphasis on the fundamentals and techniques of the game, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, you know, you go in and it looks like, you're doing the same things over and over and over again. Well, you're just reinforcing the stuff over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just like, for instance, let's say the corners, we're, we're, we're working on new skill sets for, like, Kobe a lot, you know, because now we're telling them to press a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you watch those guys in the, in the spring as they progress, they just got so much 
better at press because the techniques and fundamentals were consistently being emphasized. You know what I mean? You got to do it a lot. Yeah, you just got to do it a lot. You got to do it right a lot. You know what I mean? And and that's 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 Herm. The emphasis on the fundamentals and techniques. You know, it was totally opposite where I was from because over there we did a lot more of team and let them play and let them learn by playing the game. You know, and seeing it the other way, it's 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 a good you know it's a good comparison because because different players learn in different ways. They do. They do. And but also you you also got to challenge them in every facet. You know, they're gonna learn the most just playing the game. You know, hey. Get out of the way. Get me on the sideline and let them play. Mm-hmm. But in order to get them to do that, you got to reinforce the things that you like and try to take away or try to minimize the things that they don't do as well. You know, mm-hmm. and you don't do that necessarily when they're playing because when they're playing, it's just instinct. So in those fundamentals and in indies, how they broke up practice to make sure they do that. Uh, you know, the techniques. The techniques are everybody's got a different technique they teach. Yeah. But it's the emphasis of you know and how you break stuff down from. When they're when we're walking through, we look at things this way. When we run indie, we look at things this way. When we do fundamentals, we're looking at things this way because you see it in the team aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's pretty cool to see. White spent nine seasons at San Diego State, learning under defensive-minded Rocky Long, serving as the team's cornerback coach, but also as the recruiting coordinator. White is recognized as a good recruiter, twice named Scout.com Mountain West Recruiter of the Year. He tells Chris he believes ASU has the ability to build a special defense similar to San Diego State and that the process of bringing in talented players is already moving in a good direction. It seems like this is setting up very well for you to be able to continue to recruit at a high level when you have guys who should be first or second day NFL picks and your defense is trending in a really positive way probably over the next couple years. So what is the big picture perspective about how how you feel about about your ability to uh, improve upon what you've already done just in the next you know couple seasons three four seasons and recruiting also well no number one it starts with players you know and and we got to a point at our last school where the defense was was consistently in the top in the top fifteen top fifteen top twenty in the country every the last four or five years we were always yeah. there you mm-hmm. know what I mean and so you talk about number one getting players well. We're getting we're getting those caliber players that are able to 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 win play top defense you know yeah. the top defense in the country number one and number two it's now making sure that we are putting them in a position to to make them feel confident and make plays mm-hmm. and I think the first step was making sure that they knew the entire secondary and again that's going back and self studying that that that's that was a huge deal mm-hmm. making sure they all cross trained. And now it's just a matter of, again, bigger, stronger, faster, and then the classroom development because they had a good spring. I think, I think we got the makings of, of a defense that can be not just good, like, I mean, suffocating. I mean, yeah. You want to play suffocating defense where a team says, hey, we can't do this against these guys, period, mm-hmm. number one. And then number two for recruiting, again, you know, the, the foothold back in Southern California, that's where most of these guys are from. For sure. I mean? You're getting you're getting the athletes that we want in are in our profile. You're not taking you're not taking something that that's far out of what you naturally want to recruit. Mm-hmm. We're recruiting what we think are the best athletes on the football field. You know, Mister mm-hmm. Everything's. You look at Ashari. You look at Cam Phillips. You look at their back. You look at the twins. You look you look at their backgrounds and you say, these guys are good because you know they fit what we do. Well, and they fit what we want. Well, we want the best football players on the field. 
Yeah. Uh, lo and behold, you got five now, whereas last year you might have had one or two. Now you got three or four. Mm-hmm. You know, in two years from now, you might have five or six or seven of them just straight the best football players on the field all at one time. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's kind of scary. That'll do it for this episode of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We hope you enjoyed Chris's interview with Tony White. Thanks for joining us on the special edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to read the entire interview with White, you can find it on sundevilsource.com. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we'll be having additional interviews with members of Edward Staff once a week or so in this format to hold you over until the start of preseason camp in August. So for publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host Rob Warner saying so long and thank you for tuning in.